Welcome to Apostolic Pentecostal Women. I'm your host, Maria, also known as Merlu Escamilla. Hola y bienvenidos a Mujer Apostolica Pentecostal, que también será parte de Chica Apostolica Pentecostal. Yo soy su anfitriona, Maria, o como ya conocida por Marlu Escamilla. Come along and join me here, where I'll be sharing not only my personal stories, but we will have special speakers talking about the biblical word, their testimonies, life as pastor's kids, life as a pastoral family, ministries, singleness, dating, marriage, prayer and fasting, health, finance, traveling, and the most important one, the one who started it all. The main reason why we're here, Jesus Christ. So let's begin. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all Lord, thy strength. What's it going to take to move us from being spectators to participators when my children move into the dimension of not my will? You better get ready because God is getting ready to see a mighty anointing come upon no name. special woman of God to remain composed and disciplined in the face of the adversary. The devil's had you on your heels. I stand before you as a living, breathing, walking, talking, moving miracle. And we've got to learn how to walk and the power and the demonstration of the Spirit. This is the outpouring we have prayed for. In this end time, God is going to do a miraculous work among His people. Only when you come from the presence of God can you lead people into the presence of God. Praise the Lord, sisters, brothers, and friends out there listening. Welcome back to our third episode. Today we have Sister Anna Urshan Glasgow all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio. Let me tell y'all something. When I first heard Sister Anna preach the word, she really brought the house down. And I knew it then I must have her speak to us. She's a young woman married to Brother Sack and a mother of two a baby boy on the way, and a beautiful little girl who actually just celebrated her birthday. So happiest birthday to you, Miss Olette. May God bless your life and may he answer all the desires of your heart according to his will. Amen to that. Our episode today is dedicated to all the moms out there. It's May and all over the world, Mother's Day and International Women's Day is being celebrated. Though this is a reminder to everyone, we must be celebrating and honoring our moms every day. Sister Anna is also a pastor's kid, a PK, which I can relate, to senior pastor Reverend Joel and First Lady Heidi Urshan, who pastor at Tree of Life Church. So all the way from Texas, greetings and blessings to all the church, the Urshan and Glasgow family. And now... Before we begin, I would like to start with a prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for all your goodness. I give you all the glory, praise, and honor simply because of who you are, for all you've done and everything you're going to do, for your grace and mercy and love for me. To every mom, young lady, married or single, or if you're about to take the step of marriage, or if you're in the great wait, divorced with children, or if you have lost a child, And to every listener, I pray the Lord brings healing, miracles and wonders, protection and peace of mind 
strength, and blessings into your life and your household. I also rebuke all anxiety, self-doubt, and depression in the name of Jesus. And now, let us open our hearts and our minds so that you can do what only you can do in us. All in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Sister Anna Glasgow, welcome. Praise the Lord, Apostolic Pentecostal women. My name is Anna Glasgow, and I am from Tree of Life Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. I am so thankful and honored to be here today on this amazing podcast in hopes to encourage someone today, specifically our young mothers. I had my firstborn, Alette Eden Glasgow, May of 2021, and she is our little firecracker full of spirit and song and a large vocabulary for an almost two-year-old. She is our sweet and full of energy princess. Our lives are filled with laughter and joy with her around. My husband and I are expecting our second, a boy this time, Joel Ezra Glasgow, this September. So our world is about to get even sweeter, and God has been good, and we are so thankful for his faithfulness. Today, I would like to emphasize on this. If we want to raise our children into strong, loving, and genuine adults, we must do what we can to be whole in him and not whole within ourselves. When we try to fix our own brokenness or weakness, then we will struggle to raise our children in a healthy way. If you are a mom and you are listening to this, then you don't need much convincing from me that motherhood has a whole set of challenges. Whether you are a mom through adoption, fostering, or you yourself have carried your own baby through pregnancy, maybe you're a mom struggling with fertility or have even experienced loss, no matter where you are as a mom, we all are challenged physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Lately, I've been seeing these Instagram reels and I couldn't help but relate. Um, I saw maybe like three or four and they all said something along the lines of this. They warn you of the hardships of pregnancy they tell you all about the birth stories, the sleepless nights, the diaper changes, and how to take care of the baby. But they don't talk about the mom guilt, the pressure of others on how to handle your own baby, or the lack of self-care. They don't tell you about the loneliness, the isolation, or the identity loss that comes with motherhood. And this is so true. We can find ourselves prepared for the physical challenges first, instead of the spiritual challenges. And this is dangerous. Doing that has the potential of turning our baby blues into postpartum depression. Many may not even realize they slipped into this state of mind until they have a rude awakening or someone suggests that they get help. I know what it's like not being prepared emotionally or spiritually, but being prepared for mainly the physical challenges ahead. Being a new mom, sometimes I would actually grieve my old self. It was really hard to lose a part of me in the beginning. I didn't just grieve my old body, the body before stretch marks and the new weight gain, but I grieved for my old spirit. I used to be a free spirit. I was 21 and most of my friend group, they were single and in college and they did what they wanted when they wanted and I was the friend that was down for anything. The energy I once had, though, it was depleted. The spontaneous, self-motivated girl I used to be seemed to be hiding somewhere, and I could not find her anywhere. 
I was not prepared to struggle with this type of grief. But I'm here to tell somebody, I know it's hard. I know it feels like all we do is change diapers, wipe snotty noses, calm tantrums with little to no energy left within us. It may feel like all we do is give and give and give and give until there is nothing left to give. But you represent so much more than what your daily tasks are. You know, I am tired of the enemy downplaying motherhood and convincing women that it's more of a burden than it is empowering. I am tired of him finding us at our weak points and manipulating the reality of our purpose and blurring the blessings of God in our life into something that is not true. And I do not think it's a coincidence that within our nation it is almost looked down on when a young woman decides to start a family instead of proving that she is independent. I find it so saddening that we have up to three generations convinced that if a woman finds herself with an unexpected pregnancy, she would be better in life and do better in life if she aborted the baby. The enemy knows there is a godly power of having a strong mother and father figure and that a strong family is a threat to his evil plans. Because when a woman finds out what power she truly holds by glorifying God and motherhood, she is most definitely a threat to the enemy. I remember when I had my aha moment and realized that what I do is so much more than making sure Alette is dressed, clean, and fed. She gets a taste of God through me before she knows him for herself. She experiences a piece of him in the small moments. Moments like when I demonstrate a soft tone answer when she is in the midst of an overwhelming tantrum. When I decide to have a soft tone answer, she actually is receiving understanding and grace. When I'm up with her through the night while she fights sickness, I have a responsibility to demonstrate the comfort of God. The moments I would decline an invitation to go out to eat late at night knowing her bedtime was approaching, those were small acts of sacrifice. Trust me, I have a fear of missing out. It's a sacrifice for me to turn down any sort of fellowship with friends or family. I understand now that the type of love of Christ we show in being a mama, it's not just cuddling and cradling. It's also a self-giving and sacrificial type of love. It can be shown in the darkest of nights as much as it can be shown in the most peaceful of mornings. I no longer want to be the Anna I once was because when I got past the shock factor from all the change, I realized God was actually molding me to be less interested in myself. I didn't realize how much of my old self had to die in order for me to truly grasp the calling of motherhood. It was during the first year of being a mom that God had to work with my weak, broken self to help me rise up and see him even deeper than I ever could before. And I know now that I glorify a sight of him that only mothers can. And same for you. We know as Christians that our foundation must be built on God and God alone. When he is our foundation, everything will align properly. He will work in every aspect of our life so that we can raise our littles into Proverbs 31 women and mighty men of valor. 
If you are the tired, overwhelmed, exhausted mother who has a hard time getting through the day without feeling like anxiety and depression are going to cripple you, then I would like to share two things that will get you through this season. They both take practice, they both take exercise, but if you will implement these scriptures into the way you think and use them throughout your life situations, the enemy will have a hard time keeping you down spiritually and emotionally. You will get to a point where you see only the blessings in your life. For me, the first thing was coming to the realization I need to get into his presence. There I knew I would find peace. The big intimidating things wouldn't look as fierce anymore. My mind would be clear and the anxiety would have to submit to his authority. So how do I get in his presence when I am weak? I don't like, I don't feel like I can, I can just praise him. I don't feel like I have a praise break within me. I, I don't feel like I can even have a normal conversation with him. I am so tired and so weak, but I want so badly to be in his presence. If this sounds like you, if this is you, if you're able to, please close your eyes. And I, I would like it if you would imagine with me that you are behind these tall golden gates. Behind the gates is this large courtyard with a pond and a luscious garden. The garden has the most beautiful flowers and trees. Behind the garden is a tall white castle with gold trim and exquisite architectural details from the Victorian era. The sky seems to be bluer on the other side of the gate. The bird's songs seem to be happier and more pleasant on the, side of, the other side of the gate. In fact, you even notice the servants tending the garden. They seem happy and laugh as they work. They don't seem bothered or burdened by their workload. You can't help but be in awe at the sight you are witnessing. It's all so peaceful and perfect. In fact, too perfect to be true. So you lean in, attempting to hear the happy conversation the servants are having together, and you are shocked by what you hear. They are speaking of the king that lives within the gorgeous castle, and how much they love him, because he has been so good to them. How he has saved them from what lies outside of the gate, and how he has forgiven them for the lives they once lived. They go on to praise him for his protection, provision, and healing power. You think to yourself, I want to know who this king is. I must meet him. So you try to rattle the door open, but you realize the door to the gate is locked shut. So you try to squeeze your way through the bars, but they are too narrow. So you think, well, maybe I can climb over the gate. But the gate was far too high. It doesn't take you long to realize there's only one way in. You need the key. And here's the key, thanksgiving. When we start our prayer with thanksgiving, we can't help but end up in his presence. Psalms 104 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. If you don't know how to get into his presence and, and you don't know where to start, and you don't have much to thank him for. Start with the little things, the things you can see right now. And it may start out awkward. It may be kind of silly, but it can start out like this. God, thank you for my, my shoes. 
you know, I guess when I go out, they keep my feet protected. And, uh, hmm, thank you for my jacket, because when it's windy out, it keeps me warm. And, uh, you know, thank you for my car, because it, it does get me, you know, uh, to my job. It may not get me there in one piece, I'm not sure, but I get there and, and you know what, thank you for my job because my job gives me money to put food on the table. And you know what, thank you for those around the table every night, my family. Thank you for good health. And, and you know what, thank you for a bed to sleep in at night. You know what, you woke me up this morning. God, thank you for waking me up this morning and you put breath in my lungs and, and you gave me a new day to start all over. Lord, thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for new beginnings. And it starts out small. It starts out kind of awkward. But if you just keep on going, you can't help but realize his goodness in your life. They may not even be noticeable when you're so focused on the bad things. But when you glorify, when you get to the point where you can glorify his name, you can go glorify who he is, those big things become so so small. The only way to open the gate to his kingdom is by giving thanks. That is the key. The second thing I would like to say, if you are someone who is struggling with anxiety, depression, or maybe just negative thoughts in general, you're having a very hard time seeing the good in your life right now. You're overwhelmed. You're exhausted. Then I would like to redirect you to Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. He's at hand even when you don't feel it. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Notice that the verbs in this sentence are past tense. Learned, received, heard, and seen. It doesn't say the things you are learning right now. It's not saying the things you are receiving right now or you're hearing right now or seeing right now. It says the things you've already learned, received, heard, and seen. You have to take a step back and remember the things he has done or promised you before you stepped into this season of life. Start running your thought process through this filter. Is the thought I'm thinking pure? Is it lovely? Is it of good report? Is it just? No. Then stop dwelling on it and replace it with a thought that is. This scripture actually is commissioning us to stop making an altar out of our feelings based off of our current situation. Because our feelings, they are fickle. They aren't always just. They aren't always pure, and they are not always true. When your feelings are your altar, you will live in constant confusion, dissatisfaction, and utter chaos. Your family's well-being will be at risk if you do not give up the altar of feelings to God. But when you think on these things, his peace will drown out depression and anxiety, and he will mute out all confusion. 
You are not a slave to your feelings and emotion. God wants you to live a life of freedom, full of ambition. He wants you to live a life where you can lead your children in truth without feeling broken yourself. He is willing to show you a part of him in this season and wants you to know that you are where you are, not by mistake, but by design. Our children will grow to be amazing Christians if we stay strong in his word. I, I like to look to um, Jochebeth as an example of a mom who, despite her challenges and surroundings, used great faith to bring her children through tough times. In Hebrews chapter 11, the great faith chapter, her, her, her heroic act of faith is recorded along with others to give us insight on how we can live a life of faith. Jochebeth lived when the Egyptians ruled over the Hebrew people. Her family was enslaved by Pharaoh, and they had been bound by, for centuries at this point. The Egyptians had been so cruel to the Hebrews, forcing them into hard labor and harsh conditions, living under the threat of severe punishment and even death if they refused. Imagine with me being a mother or a wife, and you wouldn't know whether your sons or husbands would come back safely or unharmed when they left the house for the day. The Bible even says they made the children join in forced hard labor. There was a disregard for Hebrew families during this time. And as if things could not get worse, to control the population of Hebrews, Pharaoh ordered that any boy under the age of two was to be taken from their home and thrown into the river. There in the river, these boys would certainly die. If they did not drown, they would become the prey of the beast that lurked beneath the surface. For these boys, the river was inevitable. Can you imagine the cries of desperation that could be heard in the streets and along the river? It was horrible. Every expecting mother lived in utter fear that the fate of their child would be death. And you know, we have a river of our own that our children too will face. And this river lies the difficult and dangerous realities that come with this world, broken hearts, sickness, fear, anxiety, pain, and sin. We have seen good people barely survive the river in one piece, or maybe they are still trapped in the strong currents. Every parent is hit with the harsh reality that one day their sweet, precious baby will have to face this river on their own. Jochebeth knew that her son was going to face the same fate if she didn't do something different. So she did something that nobody else did. Instead of facing this horrible situation with fear, she faced it with faith. She made a small basket for her son and laid him down in it and put him in the river. And as we know, this baby went through the same currents as others, but he survived. In fact, he ended up in the hands of Pharaoh's daughter and was named Moses. And God worked it out for Jochebeth to raise him for the first part of his life. Jochebeth's bravery is what set the stage for the great exodus. She took the challenges at hand, managed her fear, and gave it to God's hands, and decided to act in faith. And we can do the same thing. When our world feels like it's crashing in on us with all the pressure there is to being a mom, we can do what we can to fully invest in our spiritual walk with God. He will align everything else and guide us to how we can equip our little ones. Our small acts will lead to something great in our children, and we may not see what we reap right away. But one day, one day we will. Proverbs 31, 28. 
through 29 says, Her children will rise up and call her blessed, and her husband also. And he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. You will get through the season. Trust in the Lord each day. Lean in the word and glean from his presence. And the strength and wisdom you are gaining in this current season will serve you and everyone connected to you in a very beautiful way down the road. I hope this was a blessing to someone. And I believe God's going to do great things through you and your family. God bless. Sister Anna, I know I told you this before, but thank you so much. Not only for your time, but for letting God use you to speak into our lives. My life. I know God spoke to everyone differently, but let me tell you, I am not married, neither am I a mother yet. By listening to your message brought to me as a single woman, a new level of preparation right now before the blessings come, for my future as a wife and a mother, to have a kingdom-minded marriage and motherhood for my family. So thank you from all of us. We love you, and I pray blessings over your life and your family. God bless you. If you love God enough, you'll have no problem loving his creation. No matter how much out of the way it's gone, no matter how ugly it acts, if you love him enough. Oh, God. Oh, God, help us to love. Help us to love. You're listening to Apostolic Pentecostal Women. So until next time, do not forget that Jesus loves you, and so do I. Dios los bendiga.